Blog Talk Radio. Sometimes the feeling is right. You fall in love for the first time. Heartbeat and kisses so sweet. Summertime love in the moonlight. I see I Show for him, keep it on the air. 
Uh, well, my friends, today's show, today's uh, uh, C. Robert Jones, uh, let me try this again. Well, today's C. Robert Jones Conservative Report is dedicated in loving memory of Sergeant Rafael Peralta. Um, his link is in the pay, is in the show description. You can click click on that. A absolute awesome Marine um, received the Navy Cross after his passing, and uh, just a great story. Um, you can go into detail. There's just so much in there, in depth. Uh, happened. Well, today's show is titled Declaration Monday, and uh, as we've been talking since the election, it seems like uh, well we've been talking a lot. A lot more about it since the election, but it seems like people have kind of lost focus and lost touch. Our uh, call-in numbers are 347-884-8500. What would Thomas Paine say if he were here? If he were here, what would he say? 1789 or 1942 or 9-11. If a top government official stepped in front of the people and publicly proclaimed America was a nation of cowards, he would have been run out of the country on a rail, packaged in tar and feathered, at least. But that's what happened in 2009, and you did nothing. Have you become a nation of cowards, America? In the greatest show of arrogance and disdain any Congress ever showed any citizenry, your dysfunctionally elite, self-interested, non-representing representatives passed the largest spending bill in history without reading it, and you did nothing. You want them to obey your constitutional mandate and secure your borders, and they ignore you. You ask them to enforce your immigration laws, and they ignore you. You say, stop the madness of handing $300 billion of a bankrupted treasury to illegal alien welfare, rewarding them for making a mockery of your laws, and they ignore you. And now, in open defiance of the overwhelming will of the people, are preparing more amnesty programs. You say, stop exporting my nation's vital industries to foreign shores, and they ignore you. You say no to using your money to bail out failed, corrupt, and greedy businesses, and they ignore you. You say implement the E-Verify system so American jobs go to American workers, and they ignore you. If your self-serving Congress were a business, they'd all be in jail now. The biggest traitors among you hold elective office. Only when they feel the almighty wrath of we the people marching in the streets from California to New York shouting we're mad as hell and we want our country back will they get the message they work for you. Wake up, America, while you were playing with the toys of your consumer wealth. You lost much more than your bloated economy of living beyond your means. You lost your representative democracy. Your servants have become your masters. Taxation without representation is tyranny. But still, you look to government to solve problems they created in the first place. You're sucking at the hind tit of a dead cow. Why isn't there a three million person We the People March on Washington? A nationwide taxpayer's revolt. Thousands of cars and trucks surrounding your nation's capital, bringing your failed government to a standstill. Democracy doesn't repress power. It unleashes it to we the people. Take it now. They dictated an economic salvation plan to you. Now it's time to stick it to them with a we the people stimulus package. Require all laws that apply to the rest of the country to equally apply to Congress. Start by first removing the elite privileges that place your non-representing representatives above you, not with you. Require all laws that apply to the rest of the country to equally apply to Congress. Repeal Congress's right to vote for their own raises. Balance the federal budget. Force your legislators to do what you now have to do. Live within your means. 
If you don't, you're committing national suicide. Make Congress pay into the Social Security system. They make laws for it. Now they might be interested in thinking twice before they allow 20 million illegal aliens to reap the benefits of a retirement program the legal citizens paid into all their lives. Long-term power corrupts. Limit Congress from serving more than two terms. That's all you give your president. Let them search for their own 401k plan instead of the gross unfairness of awarding them their full salary for the rest of their lives after only serving one term. Stop paying for lawmakers' insurance premiums. After all, they're only part-time employees. They might pass some laws on the insurance companies if they had to find one themselves. Throw out of office every congressman and woman who didn't bother to read the biggest spending bill in history before voting for it. With the money you save from all of the above, put it into increased salary and benefits for the men and women of the armed forces. They never fail you. Start no war unless you intend to win it. Make English the official language of America. You talk of united we stand, but do nothing to make it happen. Give every legal immigrant a chance to succeed. Not one cent of taxpayer money for illegal aliens. We are a nation of laws and do not reward lawbreakers. Abolish the Electoral College and put the election of the president back in the hands of we the people. Bring back universal service. Two years in the military or two years in community involvement. Ensure your future. Rekindle the spirit of America. Service, honor, and duty to country. Give your young people a chance to understand they are entitled to nothing they don't earn. Wake up, America. You've allowed yourselves to become little more than cowering spectators, watching the nation your grandparents built, the richest, most powerful, most self-sufficient republic in history, with the highest standard of living any nation ever achieved, now in the middle of the greatest unprecedented decline in modern history. The world's only superpower can't defend its borders, balance its budget, win its wars, manufacture its own products, or protect its own currency. Your total government debt obligation in the next several years is approaching the gross domestic product of the entire world. You've diminished the future of your children, grandchildren, and ten more generations of Americans. On September 11, 2001, 300 million Americans put aside what divided them and rallied around what united them. You proudly flew your flags, wore T-shirts that said, These colors don't run. Then your leadership told you to do nothing. Let your professional army do the fighting. Perhaps you learned to do nothing too well. 233 years ago, the silent majority in Boston got fed up with taxation without representation and held a little tea party to prove the anger of we the people is on the march. It started the first American Revolution. Now it's time to start the second American Revolution. Take an envelope. Put a tea bag inside. Simple. Seal it and send it to your non-representing representatives in Congress. They'll get the idea. We're mad as hell and we want our country back. Look in your mirror. There's your leader. Phone your talk radio host. Call for a tax protest. Set your internet communities on fire with the idea. But if you decide to do nothing again, then buy a gun. You'll need it. My name is Thomas Paine. Don't give up hope, America. Your country needs a new greatest generation. Answer the call. Get into the fight. It's a good time to be a patriot. The second American Revolution has just begun. Wow, how cool is that? <laughs> Nothing like having that on the Steve Robert Jones Conservative Hour. I can't think of the name of the guy, um, but um, imitating, obviously, Thomas Paine. Also another great hero. Warned us about a lot of things with Obamacare long before Obama was around. In fact, 
he warned us about George Bush care and uh, everything else you can imagine. Now, Here's another. one side in this campaign has been telling us that the issues of this election are the maintenance of peace and prosperity. The line has been used, we've never had it so good. I won't have to worry about putting gas in my car. I won't have to worry about paying my mortgage. You know, if I, if I help him, he's going to help me. But I have an uncomfortable feeling that this prosperity isn't something on which we can base our hopes for the future. The, the key point I'm making right now is that the economy is moving in a positive direction. And yet our government continues to spend $17 million a day more than the government takes in. You're telling me we got to go spend money to keep from going bankrupt? The answer, yeah, that's what I'm telling you. We've raised our debt limit three times in the last 12 months. And now our national debt is one and a half times bigger than all the combined debts of all the nations of the world. We're going to raise the debt limit. Uh, we always have. Uh, we will do it again. We have $15 billion in gold in our treasury. We don't own an ounce. I have been informed by the, that the majority plans to block consideration of uh, this amendment, which is number 1367, regarding the transparency at the Federal Reserve. Foreign dollar claims are $27.3 billion. It said that China has now surpassed Japan as the U.S. government's largest creditor, owning at least 10% of all U.S. debt, perhaps as much as $700 billion. And we've just had announced that the dollar of 1939 will now purchase 45 cents in its total value. President Obama is expected to face tough questions over the U.S. decision to pump 600 billion freshly printed dollars into its economy. Now, the move is an attempt to revive the country's finances, but will result in the devaluation of the dollar. We're at war with the most dangerous enemy that has ever faced mankind in his long climb from the swamp to the stars. We've got to give them a stake in creating the kind of uh, uh, world order that I think all of us would like to see. And it's been said if we lose that war and in so doing lose this way of freedom of ours, You'll construct a legal regime to make indefinite detention legal. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the Founding Fathers. For some trips, it'll be faster than flying, without the pat-down. Anna was, was picked to go through. Pretty much everybody except the baby was, was picked to go through uh, the, the scanner. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. Damn America! That's in the Bible! Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. I've got a core set of values that uh, I think have to be advanced um, and, and that I, my individual salvation depends on uh, our collective salvation. You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. We had an election, and it was about a direction for our country. And regardless of their sincerity, their humanitarian motives, those who would trade our freedom for security have embarked on this downward course. 
In this vote harvesting time, they use terms like the Great Society, or as we were told a few days ago by the President, we must accept a greater government activity in the affairs of the people. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. In the end, that's what this election is about. Well, the trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. It, over the course of ten years, it would cost what it would cost us. It, it, <laughs> all right. Okay. We're going to. The, it would cost us about the same as it would cost. <laughs> Need I say more, my friends? Well, <laughs> the great Ronald Reagan, who we all admire, and I know Robert Jones does as well. Here's another one of our favorites, as he quote, as we quote, uh, around the country. Sometimes all you need to say is one name, and people know who you're talking about. Whether it's a nickname, and uh, people just know who you're talking about. Um, kind of like for many years, people said Joe, and they knew it was Joe Paterno. Bo was Bo Schembechler, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There was only one judge, <laughs> and that is Judge Andrew Napolitano. Does the government work for us, or do we work for the government? The Constitution is the supreme law of the land, and everyone who works for the government takes an oath to uphold it. Tonight, the president violates the Constitution. A principal foundation of American government is the rule of law. This is a value which we happily inherited from Great Britain, where the king was once an absolute monarch. There came a time in which Parliament actually debated the following question. Is the king superior to the rule of law, or is the rule of law superior to the king? Though our 21st century minds might chuckle at such a debate, people in England lost their lives over it. Eventually, the debate was won in favor of the rule of law, and begrudgingly, even the king acknowledged that he was subject to the law just like everyone else. When the American Republic was founded after the colonists had seceded from Great Britain, it was a given that the rule of law would be a building block of our society here. And the framers of the Constitution understood this when they guaranteed due process, that is, predictability and fairness from the government. The rule of law has come to mean that the laws of the land apply to everyone. No one is above the law, meaning no one is free to disobey it with impunity, and no one is below the law, meaning it cannot be used to prosecute someone for reasons other than that person's alleged criminal behavior. If this were not so, then whoever heads the government would be a king. President Obama himself, when he was a senator from Illinois, correctly criticized then-President George W. Bush for signing a bill into law, making it a crime for federal agents to open and read your mail without a search warrant, and stating that he had no intention of enforcing the law. It is a self-evident truth that if the president can pick and choose which laws to enforce and which to permit to be violated, if he can decide which parts of the Constitution to follow and which to ignore, if he can treat the law as if he were in a cafeteria, some of this, some of that, none of the other, then we don't have the rule of law and we don't have a president, but instead we have a king. So how is President Obama doing? Pretty bad. He, too, has signed bills into law stating that he won't enforce them as they're written. He started a war in Libya without a declaration of war from Congress as the Constitution requires. He has appointed hundreds of personal assistants, sometimes called czars, and has given them the power to run vast aspects of the government from the White House, contrary to law. 
He has permitted federal agents to listen to your telephone calls, to read your mail, and to monitor your keystrokes on your computer, all without search warrants from judges as the Constitution requires. He has put Americans on an assassination hit list and has targeted them for killing, even though they have not been charged or convicted of any crime, much less sentenced to death. He has announced that hundreds of persons captured in the past 10 years in the government's so-called war on terror will not get trials, no matter what the Constitution requires or the Supreme Court says. And he has permitted federal agents to use torture, even though the Constitution itself as well as three treaties and four federal statutes and 50 state statutes prohibit it. What are we to do? Well, you might not be a victim, and you might even hate the victims of the president's lawlessness. But if it goes unchecked, then we are back to that strange-sounding argument in the British Parliament where the king, we call him the president, but he behaves like a king, is not subject to the same laws as the rest of us. And if you permit this president to break the law because he hates your enemy, you are planting the seeds for a future president to break the law because he hates you. As Robert Bolt reminded us in his play, A Man for All Seasons, the law protects everyone's freedom. If we let the president cut down the law to get to a devil, what will we do when the devil turns around and pursues us and there is no law for our protection? We at Freedom Watch will continue to be your night watchmen. But we can only do so if we have the rule of law. From New York, defending freedom every night of the week. I love the judge, and I know Dr. Jones does a true, what a great president this man would make. <laughs> oh, with 10 minutes left to go, taking a little break in the action. Oh, nobody says it better as we go back in history when it comes to TV and politics. <laughs> no one said it better than Archie. You're in my chair, Mort. So? I want to sit in my chair. Oh? You're going to get out of my chair? No! Mort, if you don't get out of that chair, you know, i got a way to make you very, very upset. Archie, please! Stay out of this now, Edith. Come on, Mort, last chance. Can I get out of there? Good laws. weapon that can lay this little lady right away. Here we go. This country was ruined by Franklin Delano Roosevelt. <laughs> you are fat. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Archie, you promise never to say that name again in front of war. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. <laughs> now, his whole family was for Roosevelt.
on this secret sealed orders from FDR. <laughs> They met at the altar. He showed us out there, too. <laughs> he handed all of Europe over to the Ruskies on a silver platter. I don't want to argue with you no more, boy. I know you got my chance. You know, Archie, I think I liked you better when you were shoving straws up your nose. December 3, 1967. Surgeons in Cape Town, South Africa, led by Dr. Christian Barnard, performed the first human heart transplant. The patient, Louis Wyshkansky, lives 18 days with his new heart. 1984. A horrific industrial accident kills thousands of people in Bhopal, India. That's where a cloud of methyl isocyanate gas escapes from a pesticide plant operated by a Union Carbide subsidiary. Investigators later conclude operating and safety procedures at the understaffed plant caused the disaster. 1964, a sign that the times are a-changing as police arrest some 800 students at the University of California at Berkeley. The day before, students stormed the campus administration building, staging a massive sit-in. Mario Savio is with the student free speech movement. And you've got to make it stop, and you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. 1947. In New York, actor Marlon Brando hits the big time as a streetcar named Desire opens on Broadway. Brando reprises his role as Stanley Kowalski in the movie version of the play a few years later. And in 1948... <laughs> Black Sabbath singer Ozzy Osbourne was born. Today in History, December 3rd, Tom Belmont, The Associated Press. Well, that's going to do a wrap-up. On behalf of C. Robert Jones, that's going to be a wrap for today. On behalf of C. Robert Jones, join us. we got uh, G-Ski 2020 coming up, and we also have uh, Conservative Primetime. That will be on at 1130. It's Jermaine and uh, ABC tonight. On behalf of C. Robert Jones, this is Cool Mike, and join us again to, and join us also tomorrow on Southern Sense at 2 p.m. and the conservative political itinerary. What to leave us with? Well, <laughs> I played this uh, song as we uh, entered the show, and I'll play as we exit. Good night, everybody. The feeling is right You fall in love for the first time Heartbeat and kisses so sweet Summertime love in the moonlight I see, I see